0: Welcome to a live and active life. Broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's Practical Insights. When is the last time you looked at yourself in the mirror and asked, Do I have a sweetheart or a sour heart? You have one or the other. Which is it, sweet or sour? How do you know if you have a sweetheart or a sour heart? The best way to figure out which you have is to entertain some questions. Here we go. What do you do when life treats you badly? How do you respond when another person or group mistreats you? If you find out you've been slandered or maligned, what happens in your heart? What is your first thought when you lose a career promotion or a business arrangement? How do you handle a severe loss? If you experience a broken relationship, what goes on inside you? Maybe your health takes an unexpected plunge. What then? How do you respond to tragedy? Or you just might be stuck living long-term with someone that is sour. What do you do with that? Those questions reveal your defaults when life hands you a lemon. Did you land on the sweet end of the spectrum when you answered those questions? Or did you end on the sour end? I mean genuinely out of your heart. No faking or no acting. Where did you land? Because where you land gives you a strong indication of whether you have a sweetheart or a sour heart. And what you practice is what you become. So what's next as we explore whether you have a sweetheart or a sour heart? When you are in a compromised life scenario, you might be churning inside. If you're at the edge of a bad attitude or a negative perspective, you know that if you give in, you're going to lose. Sweet becomes sour. Still, you might feel desperate. You might feel hurt, angry, confused, or even afraid. There are three things to focus on when you suspect that you might have a sour heart starting to form. Please know this. You can hold your ground and not give in to a sour heart. These three things enable you to maintain a sweet heart. But I need to mention something before we explore these three focuses. You can't do this on your own. If you try to stay sweet in your own strength, you'll probably fail. If, however, you turn to Jesus in your upended circumstance, you will succeed. Jesus is never sour, and He will help you stay sweet. Ask Him for strength. Prefer His ways above your ways in order to stay sweet. So, let's talk about the three focus points to help keep a sweet heart. A person's demeanor is either sweetened or soured by their level of gratitude. I'm going to say that one again. Your demeanor is either sweetened or soured by your level of gratitude. That's where it all starts. When you are thankful, you see good things that are still present in your life, even when you're going through great difficulties. So, maintaining a sweetheart means being grateful. Now, these three points that we're going to talk about, the focus points, they start, they launch out of a position of gratitude. The first one, a sweet demeanor takes discipline. So, to hug the sweet end and shun the sour end of heart health, you need discipline. Hebrews 12.11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Discipline in gratitude produces a sweet heart. No wonder God keeps telling His children to be thankful. He knows how people are made. He knows that gratitude is better than a multivitamin for spiritual health. And he knows that it takes discipline to be grateful. Here are some really great scriptures that talk about gratitude. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. That's from Philippians 4, verse 4. That takes discipline. Here's another one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, verse 6. That takes discipline, too. How about this one? Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. From Philippians 3, 1. That takes discipline. And here's one more. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's not saying that your current circumstances are God's will for you. It's saying that giving thanks in all circumstances is God's will for you. That's from 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 through 18. And to do that, it takes discipline. It seems that gratitude and discipline are strongly intertwined. Please note, all those verses that we just went through, most of them were written in adverse conditions as Paul underwent his own training in gratitude. He chose a grateful heart through discipline, even when he didn't feel like it. Most of those things were written when he was in prison. Okay, the second thing. We talked about, first of all, that a sweet demeanor takes discipline, and that's all launching from a platform of gratitude. Now we're talking about a sweet demeanor requires perspective. And again, launching from a platform of gratitude. This is something that you have absolute control over. A godly perspective follows hope. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says to fix our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Why is intentional focus on Jesus so critical? Jesus is the example, the model of perspective while suffering. And Jesus lives inside joy. He is named man of sorrow and man of joy. That means that both those things would be realities for you, too. You can be a person of sorrow because we're in a broken world, but you can be a person of joy. They go together. How could Jesus be anointed with the oil of joy when he suffered so much? Jesus knows that godly perspective builds hope with a harvest of gratitude. So, sweet demeanor requires perspective. Let's just take a tiny detour here, and we're going to talk about how hope helps heart health. So again, how hope helps heart health. Hope is not a feeling or a desire. It's a chosen outlook that you can latch on to with all your might by fastening yourself to God. Hope connects to perspective through five action steps. Here we go. Step number one. Manage your heart with deep trust in God. Thank Him for what you learn during your hard times and practice what Jesus practiced in His life. Number 2. Roll up your sleeves and resolve to walk with God as you solve your life problems. Simply refuse to give up. Believe that God is working in your difficulty. You can pour out your heart to God. Tell Him— that you need His help, His strength, and His wisdom. Practiced Resolve morphs into perseverance. So that's number two, roll up your sleeves and resolve to walk with God as you solve the problems. Then number three is as you build this pattern, you will find that you are becoming stronger, more balanced, peaceful, confident, and credible. In fact, you're developing Christlike character. The more you become like Christ, the more powerful your life becomes. Number four, real hope grows in your heart as you trust the Lord. It's just a fact. And number five, finally, you and everyone around you can enjoy your sweet heart and not a sour heart. That is how hope helps heart health. We're going to also Spend a couple minutes talking about perspective and that there is a certain give and take involved in perspective. It's kind of an exchange. When you have perspective, you believe that Jesus will do some pretty awesome exchanges for you. That's what helps to give you such a strong perspective, even in difficulties. It's what helps keeps you sweet instead of sour. Isaiah 61 verse 3 lists these exchanges. This give and take. Okay, so let's explain what give and take means here. God will give and God will take. So, from Isaiah 61 verse 3, God will give a crown of beauty and he will take your ashes if you let them go. God will give you the oil of joy just like Jesus had the oil of joy and God will take away your mourning if you're willing to give it up. Then there's another thing that God will give. He will give you a garment of praise. And God will take your spirit of despair if you're willing to let go. God promises to give you things, He will give them to you, and He will take certain other things away from your soul. But to receive what God gives, you must let go. To be truly sweet takes what God gives. Again, consider Jesus. He has perspective and hope. Jesus is sweet. Go after him with passion as your first, your most, and your best. And then adopt his perspective in all things Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participate in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. That was our little detour on give and take, the great exchange from Isaiah. And now we're going to go back to our list of things that the three focus points to keep a sweetheart. So, we're on to number three right now. A sweet demeanor requires faith. So, so far we have figured out that a sweet demeanor takes discipline. That was number one. And a sweet demeanor requires perspective, number two. Well, now we see that a sweet demeanor requires faith. A sour person is never sincerely grateful. Again, we start from the platform of gratitude. Gratitude happens from trusting God's goodness, wisdom, love, and strength. When things look terrible, when it seems that God is not there, when it feels like your prayers have hit the ceiling, responding well takes faith. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 9 and 10 identifies two incorrect attitudes that actually offend God. And believe me, He is not easily offended. What are those two things? Well, the first one is testing him, and the second one is grumbling. These do not reflect faith in God. Do you ever do these things? For our discussion, we're going to focus on grumbling. These are defining points of grumbling. Here we go, five of them. Number one, lack of gratitude. Number two, Not believing that God cares. 3. Concluding God is not doing His job good enough. 4. Refusing to expect that God will intervene. And 5. Not wanting God's way. A lack of gratitude blocks your ability to recognize God's provision. It makes you blind to possibilities, and it is a subtle form of pride. A person who is not grateful is never happy, never content. They often grumble, and they don't practice faith. Conversely, when a person is genuinely grateful, they find it a lot harder to sin. It's a kind of auto-deterrent for sin. No wonder God repeats His message through Scripture to be thankful, to praise the Lord, to have a grateful heart, and to give thanks. It's the best way to represent your faith in Him. Human hearts. We need to talk about our human hearts. God formed our hearts. He knows our design. He knows what He wants to do with the design that He came up with. So here are seven things that God wants to do with our hearts. He wants to keep our hearts sweet. That's the first one. Then number two, he wants to help your heart to function in faith. Number three, he wants to restore balance to your heart rhythm. Four, God wants to help you sidestep character lapses. You know, those things that make us sour. And then 5. He wants to enable you to find joy in seasons of sorrow. If you're like everybody else, you have seasons of sorrow, perhaps some significant seasons. God wants to help you through and to show you that there is still joy for you. Number 6. God wants to have you partner with Him in the process of transformation. Whose transformation? Why yours? And I get to participate in my own. And number seven, to reconnect you to himself and to the person that you were created to be. So I have a conclusion here. To maintain a sweetheart and prevent getting sour, practice gratitude. And practicing gratitude requires, number one, discipline, number two, perspective, and number three, faith. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15 says, You can have the sweet aroma of Christ in your life every day in every life circumstance. Here are some application questions for you. First of all, let's start with Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And since that is true, these questions are important to ask. First of all, do I sincerely trust God? Do I love Him with all my heart? The second one, is it more important to me to please God or to have my own way? Third one, when I examine my heart, is it sweet or is it sour? Number four, what do I need to change to be more like Jesus? Five, how will I practice more gratitude? Let's be honest, and let's be practical. Number 6. What specific choices can I make to practice patterns of discipline, perspective, and faith? I want to tell you, you can skip sour, and you can stay sweet. I just want to add that much of this episode was an excerpt from my book, Reach Back. Intentionally Reaching Back to God. To purchase this book, go to our website. I hope you have a great week. Stay sweet and skip sour. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and eBooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.